Welcome to the Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Alona. I'm the Operations Director at Icon, and I'm here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. And we are in Season 2 on Relational Practices. The first couple of weeks, we talked about a rule of life and what that really means. So if you missed it, go back and listen. And what we're doing now is week by week, digging into a specific spiritual discipline to talk about the logistics. What does it look like? How do we do it? Why would we do it? And things like that. And hopefully give you some really practical tools to be able to use in your own spiritual walk. So uh, this week, we're talking about prayer and the idea of peace needing a language. So Justin, what do you think about that? Yeah. So again, want to reiterate that the whole point of this series is not specifically to do a spiritual discipline series, though that would be very valuable. It's great. But specifically that we're talking about finding peace in an anxious world and that it just so happens that the tools that God has given us to find peace in an anxious world are these spiritual disciplines or relational practices, as we like to call them. Mm -hmm. So when we say peace needs a language, that's kind of uh, a way to talk about prayer in this moment of anxiety. If you're watching this you know, much later after we've recorded it, we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Everyone's at home, everything's different, everything's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we hear the word unprecedented used on an hourly basis. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's, there's an unprecedented <laughs> level of the use of the word unprecedented. And, uh, and so we're trying to figure out like, what is, what's the way forward? How mm-hmm. do we find peace in this anxious moment? So when we say peace needs a language, that means a bunch of different things, right? The first of it is that when we are feeling anxiety, feeling fear, feeling the uncertainty of the moment, we got to get those feelings out of us. And, and the tool that God has given us to get those feelings out of us, not get them out of us in the sense of like, get rid of them. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're not trying to, to ignore our feelings or definitely not stuff our feelings, yeah, okay. right? right? Thank you. Uh, we we, we don't stuff to, our feelings we here. Don't, don't stuff our feelings, we don't stuff our feelings. <laughs> um, we, but we do talk about them so that the what we're feeling, the anxiety of mm-hmm. it, the angst of it can get out of us. And so God has given us access to him in part to do just that, to, mm-hmm. to express those feelings of anxiety. And so when we talk about all of these practices being relational, formational, and missional, this is the relational piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like we go to God in prayer because we trust him, because we need him, because it's an opportunity for us to get all of what's going on in here out of us mm-hmm. um, in a healthy way, right? Yeah. Like in an expression of honesty and an expression of kind of what's, what's real, what we're actually afraid of. And that, so that's the beginning of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of why peace needs language. But also, um, we can utilize some of the practices of prayer that we'll talk about here in a minute to, to kind of shape us. And this is the formational part of it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that it does shape us in significant ways when we sit with him and we get these thoughts and feelings out of us, there's a reciprocal effect. So it's not just us going like, to God, though there's a lot of that. Sure. <laughs> um, but then there's a return, like mm-hmm. part of that process actually shapes who we are. And so that over time, it the changes, right? Like even the way we pray changes the mm-hmm. more we pray because it just shapes us into different kinds of people. So. That's the big idea around that. Yeah, and I love the idea, again, that this is relational in the sense of like, as I'm engaging with God, there's 
the side of that that normalizes prayer because it's conversation in the same way that any two humans could sit down and have a conversation uh, that we would be doing that with God. And in the same way that over years of friendship and relationship with someone, my conversations will evolve yep. is the same way that that will continue to evolve in our own lives with God. Yeah. One of the things that I find uh, super helpful in, in moments like this when I pray is it reminds me that there's more to this world than the physical. Mm -hmm. Right, because what we're inundated with on a daily basis is the physical. Right, yep. so obviously with this, with the pandemic, we're all being aware of our, you know, what we're doing with our hands and how we're washing and the distance that we have. We are actually six feet apart. It doesn't look like I it. Know. We're using this special camera. Dude, technology this, these days, it's, it's wild. It's amazing. <laughs> we're actually at two different locations, um, but uh, uh, but it, it reminds us that this isn't all there is. Mm -hmm. Right, that there is this spiritual realm and God is sovereign over it. Right. So even just the practice of sitting in prayer reminds me like, oh, yeah, this isn't all there is. Uh, there is a God who is over it all, a sovereign God of the mm -hmm. universe. And nothing in this realm is happening outside of his will. Mm -hmm. And that has a forming effect on me, a formational effect on me and, and allows me to kind of navigate these unprecedented times. Uh, You're only allowed to say that pace. one more time and okay. then we're done. All right, fair, <laughs> okay. fair. So let's talk about approaches because I think for a lot of people, especially if they're, uh, one thing that we value a lot is the idea of begin where you are. Like mm -hmm. if you've never prayed, then we want you to think about not like going into a prayer closet for an hour and a half to like think that that's going to be, yeah, it sounds weird. Uh, but the idea of begin where you are. So wh whatever first step mm -hmm. that you could take and then continue to take steps. Um, so what are some ideas, some ways that people could try to pray? Yeah, the simplest is Jesus said in Matthew 6, this then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I don't know why I revert to the King James whenever <laughs> yeah. I do the Lord's Prayer. It's very it just, exciting. It just comes out of me. Uh, I've heard you know this in Russian. Uh, I'm not playing this okay. game. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, so... We, we can just pray the Lord's Prayer, right? Like Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we add for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Amen. So, uh, I'm, uh, I wanted to do that to impress you, yeah, that I know good it. Job. Okay. <laughs> You're um, a pastor though, so you two less cool points. <laughs> uh, so the point is, we've got a prayer. It's baked in. Jesus yep. gave us a prayer to pray. And, and I would say, if you don't know anything about prayer, you don't feel comfortable making up your own prayers, that's fine. Just pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray it fast. Pray it a hundred times. Pray it slow and pay attention to what every line is saying. One of the things that I often do still to this day is I'll take the Lord's Prayer and break down. Our Father in heaven, pause. And I will talk about, like write about or think about or pray or talk about out loud. What does it mean that God's my Father? Okay. Hallowed be thy name, meaning your name is holy, your name is set apart, your name is important, you are important. And then I'll kind of extrapolate on each of the pieces of mm -hmm. it. So I think formal prayers like that, written prayers, um, can be really helpful guides to this. What yeah. are some others? 
Well, I think even just the idea of like you have all of church history to kind of lean yeah. on sometimes in those contexts. So don't, to think about like maybe I don't have the words, but somebody else might. Yeah, that, um, actually that reminds that. me, sorry to cut you off, but that reminds me, one of my favorite books is The Valley of Vision. And it's this collection of Puritan prayers mm -hmm. that I use all the time uh, to read through prayers because they are so much better than my prayers. They make my prayers sound like child's prayers. Uh, they're so well written and so expressive and so deep theologically. So yes, yeah. what you said, totally agree. So to be able to use that, and I think uh, to not like to f not to feel bad about that, like to to utilize the resource that you have in the prayer mm -hmm. that somebody else has prayed, and if anything, to remind ourselves that our prayers really aren't that unique. Like God's people have endured suffering, have have been mm -hmm. anxious, have been worried um, forever. Like yep. that's not a new human experience. Like totally. that is just what it means to be human. And so to rely on the prayers that other people have prayed mm -hmm. as a way to kind of help us through that process. Yeah. Have you ever used breath prayers? I have. I think those are interesting. So the concept of a breath prayer is that you pray it in one breath. Um, I think my first introduction to this was the Jesus prayer. So it's the um, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The whole point is you say it in one breath in, breath out. Um, and what I love about those is it forces me to pay attention to my breathing at the same time. So talk about stuffing your feelings. When you notice that your breath is really fast, like it, it brings your attention back. Like we, we, are, we are humans in a body and be, paying attention to what that means um, I think a breath pair highlights that. And I think it steadies me. Um, I love to use the Psalms for that as well, just to take like one line out of a Psalm. Um, for instance, like Psalm 23, I love just the translation of like, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. Mm -hmm. And just to pray that one line, again, repetitively in and out as I'm breathing yeah. to steady myself. I think it's a really helpful kind of grounding prayer practice. Yeah. Uh, I love the Jesus prayer. I use it all the time. Um, it's an Orthodox prayer. And uh, one of the things that I think us Protestants have missed by and large in an in, in overreaction to some of the formality of Orthodox and Catholic uh, tradition is the uh, the power of repetition. Mm -hmm. So um, I used to uh, pray the Jesus prayer on my commute all the way you know, to and from work. Uh, it was about a 17 minute drive. And I would just pray it over and over and over and over and over. And uh, it was really powerful. Um, and so the Jesus prayer, you're supposed to inhale on the front and exhale on the back. So Lord, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> can't talk and breathe appropriately. So do it in your head, don't die while you're trying to do this. Um, but you inhale and then exhale over and over and, and say the prayer like hundreds of times in a row. And it has this, this incredible like meditative effect. So uh, I think we underutilize some of those kinds of practices mm -hmm. um, and could really get back to them. Absolutely. Um, what about prayer journaling? What do you think about that? Yep, I do that. Uh, have done that a lot uh, in my life. I use the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication, which I love that word. Uh, and um, Nobody knows what it means Asking anymore. for things <laughs> is what that means. You supplicate before the Lord. Uh, so, is that also in the King James? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, so Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And, um, and that just makes a, a great kind of format for your prayers, right? So that they don't wander. And, and I think without a, a structure like that, we can easily get into a place where our prayers are almost completely asking God for things, mm -hmm. right? Either asking God for things for ourselves or for other people, which makes us feel better about asking God for things for ourselves. But we never thank God. We never spend time just 
adoring God, worshiping God in prayer, telling God how important he is to us the way we would every other relationship that matters to us. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think that stuff's really important. Um, do you have another one? Yeah, I love there's the prayer acronym for that same idea. So it's uh, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And that same idea of like we, before we pray, like to pause, to kind of notice what we're feeling, what's going on in our own bodies or minds, what are we anxious about. Um, again, orienting towards rejoicing, like really being joyful in who God is. Uh, and then yes, asking God for what we need and then yielding to him, like to accept that this is... This isn't about me. It's not about what I'm hoping to accomplish. Um, and I think, again, to your point of like that type of frame oftentimes will help. Like I, I love to journal as I pray, um, but I will catch myself in moments that suddenly I've journaled two pages about all the things I'm angsty about. And it's like, well, let's, let's back it up and remind myself, eh, what am I praying about? <laughs> so just having a tool like that, I think in moments, and I, especially right now, like in a social moment where anxiety is pervasive, like it's so easy to just get overwhelmed by what's going on, the uncertainty of what's ahead, to have something like that and train ourselves into the discipline of it to say like, no, like every single day I'm going to remind myself of why I rejoice and why I'm grateful and mm -hmm. thankful for what God has done. Yeah. And so having a tool like that, I think is really important. Yeah. I like the yield part of that. Um, the first church I worked at, the pastor had his own prayer acronym that was OSIPA. Which doesn't exactly roll <laughs> off the tongue. The point of an acronym is that it's for it to be memorable and to actually say something. Yeah, but it was uh, adoration, waiting, confession, intercession, petition, adoration again, which is a bit much. But it was just another example of a thing that exists. Well, Asipa. Asipa. It's good. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> All right. So last kind of piece to talk through because I think a lot of us wrestle with this in prayer. Um, which is, if it's supposed to be conversational, that would mean that I can speak, but then God also should speak. Yeah. Um, so what happens in the moments when we don't feel like God is speaking? We can't hear him. We don't know what he's saying. And then we leave prayer discouraged because we don't know what the point of it was. Yeah, good question. Uh, sometimes God feels like he's the strong, silent type. And uh, we can go to him with our needs, but uh, we don't get a lot back. And I would say a couple things to that. One is, um, I think prayer is primarily to form you uh, more than it is to hear some unique uh, word of God for you specifically, right? So we talked about a rule of life isn't for you, it's to form you. And that's, I think, true of all of these practices. They're, they don't exist for you, they exist to form you. And so I think oftentimes um, what God wants us to do is to express and talk and, and, uh, and yield to him mm -hmm. and, and spend time in adoration and that um, to a degree, I think God feels like, hey, I, you have everything you need to know in the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so um, if, if we're going to God for some unique revelation, I think a in large part, we're, we are going, um, I don't want to push too hard on this, but I think in large, oftentimes we're going with some selfish motives, right? Like we need this unique thing because mm. our situation is so unique and what I'm experiencing is something genuinely not unprecedented. <laughs> that wouldn't be the right word. The last time you can use it. But, um, <laughs> but like your, your situation isn't unique, mm -hmm. right? And we like to think that it is. We like to think that we are. And we like to think that what we're wrestling with today is so unique to our situation. So we need this unique revelation of God. And, and like you said earlier, like people have been dealing with 
with a lot more stress and anxiety and pain and crisis uh, throughout all of Christian history, even than, than we are now. Mm -hmm. And that's not to minimize what we're experiencing now, but it is to uh, help us understand like, this isn't some crazy moment that yeah. only is affecting us. And so as a result, God needs to reach out to us in this kind of unique way. Like, no, God has given us a story of uh, Israel in slavery in Egypt, right? God has given us a story of, of Jerusalem's capturing by Babylon. God's given us a story of Paul being shipwrecked and, and the disciples being killed and all, all of these things to help us see like, you know what, we, uh, we're in good company. Right, like sure, yeah. a lot of people have experienced real pain, and the scriptures um, can can provide a lot of the context for how to think about those things. Um, I would also say that listening is a skill that we need to cultivate and develop, and that's true in relationships. We learn how to listen to people, and we learn how to listen to what they're saying. We learn how to listen to what they're not saying, but they're kind of saying. Mm -hmm. And so there's this this development, cultivation of the listening skill. Um, that I think God is inviting us into. Um, I think primarily, the last thing I'll say is I think God whispers. And so in order to, to hear a whisper, you have to be quiet. And some of that for us is a, a, a consistent process of training ourselves to be quiet in the presence of God, to be able to listen to what he is saying. So if, if we need an action step, it would be that. Cultivate the ability to be quiet in the presence of God so that you can hear his whisper. Um, with that, we'll close today and would encourage you, whatever, uh, whatever what we've talked about feels like your right next step, we encourage you to take it. Begin where you are and just continue to take those next steps as you cultivate a practice of prayer in your life. Uh, would encourage you to check out the show notes as you do that. Go to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast. We've got a ton of resources on there to help you think about prayer, things to reference, ways to practice. Uh, so take a hold of that, use it. Uh, and then let us know what you think. So wherever you're getting this content, uh, rate it, let us know, uh, engage with us so that we know what you think. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. To see our show notes and other episodes, head to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast.